Thursday, February 17th, 2022. Today on the show, we've got a Nintendo Switch Direct that just happened and probably about two weeks worth of news. This is the Culture Jack News Desk. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Culture Jack News Desk here on the Culture Jack Podcast. My name is Dustin, and I will be your host for today's episode. And boy, what an episode we have for today. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how long it's going to be. And part of the problem is, part of the reason for that, um, that, that, that quantifiable unknown that I have right now is that I missed last week's show. And I have to apologize for missing last week's show. I am a man who uh, maybe sometimes over-promises, maybe and under-delivers, perhaps. Maybe my expectations of myself are, are too high or too low. I'm not really sure where to go with that. I have a litany of excuses, though, for why I did not do any shows last week. And I still haven't done that Cowboy Bebop episode for the OTE that I've promised so many times. If this is your first time on the podcast, welcome to the Culture Jack podcast. This is one of several shows that we do every single week, minus last week. Last week was a little bit of an anomaly. If you were around last week and wondering why Culture Jack was not around, well, uh, I'm going to explain some of that right now. Uh, finally, after two years of the pandemic, after taking all of the precautions in the world and wearing masks everywhere and social distancing and isolating and quarantining where necessary, all of my family members, though vaccinated as they were, they all got coronavirus. I say all of them, but not myself. And not my parents. We are the sole survivors of this pandemic, but both of my children got it. My wife got it. Uh, And so that is part uh, and parcel uh, of why I did not do a podcast episode last week or podcast episodes last week, because I had children at the house all day. And typically I like to record these podcast episodes when I have the, the house to myself. When the wife is away at work and the children are away at school, I get the house to my lonesome to record podcasts and play Apex Legends. Almost exclusively the latter and very little of the former. But regardless, I did not have that time. Not to mention, we got dumped on with snow. So I was doing immeasurable amounts of snow removal. If you are one of the folks that had followed me over there on TikTok, I have a TikTok account, I've been trying to put up some clips of the podcast superimposed with a background of me shoveling snow or clearing snow off of a vehicle or snow blowing because we've had a lot of it. So there's been ample opportunity for me to record some of that stuff to superimpose some audio over. So coronavirus, number one. Number two, we've had a a great deal of snow as well. Number three, uh, we just got a new puppy. In the family. We've had an old dog, Duchess, for a long time. And Duchess is fine. Don't worry about Duchess. She'll be okay. But she did uh, have a a few lumps on her body. We were like, what are these lumps? And I'm not just talking about like the fat deposits that, you know, older dogs sometimes get. But they were were like very uh, prolific bumps all over her body. And, And she... We thought they might be cancer, so we called the vet, and we got a biopsy done, and 
good Lord, I don't know if I'd spend this much money on myself, but uh, my wife, you know, she, she loves this dog. And so, you know, we took the dog to the vet, got it screened. Fortunately, it's not cancer, but we realized that this old golden retriever, as wonderful as she is, we wanted her to be able to pass down some of her good habits to another dog. So we got a puppy, a puppy named Buffy, a golden retriever lab mix. And I haven't, I haven't, I don't think ever housebroken a dog by myself. We've, we've either gotten rescues or they've already been mostly trained by the time we got them. But it's every 15 minutes if you've ever had a little puppy that you have to pay attention to or else you will be cleaning uh, urine and poop off the floor. Like that's just the way it goes. And so you can, you can probably divine how difficult it would be to record a podcast with a puppy. And not to mention the puppy, the coronavirus, the, all of the, the, the back-breaking shoveling and snow plowing that we were doing. I was tired as well. Like if these ex other excuses don't, I, you know, look, I'm, I'm in my mid thirties, man. I'm almost going to be 37 here real, real soon. And I just don't have the energy that I once used to. I mean, like I'm not an old man, but I do wear my pants higher than I used to. I do have to put in a special eye lubricant in my eyes. So my eyes do not dry out at night. I take anxiety medication. Like I am not the peak physical form of Dustin or the peak physical form of really anything. I am, I am a slovenly middle-aged man. And so even when I did find time between the puppy and the, the uh, virus and the snow, well, gosh dang it, I was just a little tired. And I know all of these are excuses and you shouldn't make excuses, but I wanted to tell you why I wasn't there. And I will tell you also that every moment that I was away, every moment that I did not sit down and finally record the podcast or, or a couple episodes of the podcast, I was thinking about you. I was missing you. I was like, where, where am I? Why, why am I not with my friends on the Culture Jack podcast? But I, here I am. I'm back this week. And I do, this, this preamble has, has gotten so large that... I, it shouldn't be. It should have been quick. It should have been he. Here it is because we have a lot of news to cover. We have two weeks worth of news and a Nintendo Direct on top of it. So with all that being said, whether you accept my excuses or not, we're going to jump jump into the into the show here. Well, in just a minute, I guess I, ha I should tell you what this podcast is about. Because if you just got here, what it is, it's, it's entertainment news, it's video game news, it's technology stuff, it's comic books, it's collectibles. We do several shows every week. This one is my show where I talk about the video game industry and video game news specifically. Okay, now you know what the show's about. If you're new here, it's not just me <laughs> complaining and, and offering you sad, sorry excuses for why I didn't do the show in the first place. So on, 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 to the, on to the show, shall we? Let's, uh, let's jump into the news. All right, the first bit of news has to do with the uh, Steam Deck console. And I say it's a console, but it's, it's, you know, it's a handheld 
console, essentially. God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Deathloop, and more are now Steam Deck verified. So there's been a bunch more of these games. Now, these are all headlines that I'm pulling from GamingBolt.com, a great place to go to get your gaming information. Um, and some of them, uh, though I may have <laughs> spent a little more time on if it was only a half dose of what this show promises to be, because I have now two weeks worth of headlines that I have to go through. So if there's something that I just speed through, that's just because maybe they're not as interesting, in which case you might ask, well, Dustin, why are you covering them at all? Why are you talking about them on this particular echo chamber in this particular industry on this particular internet on this particular planet in this particular solar system in this particular galaxy and i'll I'll tell you i'm talking about them in all of those particular spaces and areas and times and continuums because this is the only body that i am inhabiting currently whether I am a, a mass of atoms that make up many different things at many other times during the course of my existence, right now I am this and this is what I have, none of that makes sense. I'm so sorry. Okay, EA has three to four unannounced projects in the works and is interested in acquiring companies. So some of the big news that we've been talking about in this industry for the past several weeks has been these acquisitions made by Microsoft and by... Uh, take two interactive and by Sony. And so EA wants in on this. And a lot of people, a lot of in industry insiders and experts say that this is going to be the time where there's going to be this mass consolidation. And we said it on the episode before this one, you know, we haven't seen the end of that, of that consolidation. So three to four unannounced projects in the works for EA, which is exciting. And some of those could be those uh, Star Wars games. I think one of them is by Respawn, maybe a Jedi Fallen Order sequel. And then there's another couple ones that we talked about a few weeks back. But regardless, uh, Need for Speed game. Oh, oh, here's some more information. Who is Jorgensen? Blake Jorgensen, who is EA's chief financial officer, um, said that we've got a Need for Speed game coming and there are three or four things we haven't announced yet. So these are three or four things that do not include those uh, three new Star Wars titles. Team 17 decides to cancel NFT project after backlash. What is Team 17? Oh, Team 17 is the, is the worms guys and gals. Uh, Team 17 has been on the receiving end of widespread backlash for its view on NFTs, but has now walked back those plans. Now, Anthony talked about NFTs a few episodes ago, so if you need, you know, to bone up on NFTs a little bit, that's a great place to go. Speaking of Anthony, I've got a co-host. If you're new here, he does shows on Sunday and Monday as well. And then the occasional OTE like I do on Saturdays as well. We kind of sw switch off on that. But on Monday, he talked about NFTs a few weeks ago. Uh, but they have walked back on those plans currently, which, again, I've made no qualms about my stance on this issue. I do not think NFTs have a good place in gaming yet, especially when the gaming industry as a whole has shown it has been very lackluster in regulating their own practices in regards to predatory DLC content, predatory loot box and gambling mechanics and things of that nature. So I don't think NFTs have a place in gaming just yet, unless it is in a PC space that is 
specifically for adult gamers. Because children don't need to be dealing with the taxes for the NFTs and the cryptos, man. Gran Turismo 7 Deep Dive showcases ray tracing, customization, scapes, weather, and more. And that's coming out March 4th. So in two weeks now? I think two weeks. Uh, like I said, not a big fan of racing games in general. But this Gran Turismo sure looks pretty. I would watch the hell out of it. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands has gone gold. Now, this is news from the beginning of February, so if you've already heard some of this, yes, some of it is kind of old news, but if you haven't heard any of it or much of it, well, I, I'm happy that I could be your source for this kind of video game news. Nintendo Switch has sold 103.54 million units worldwide, and I remember reading some uh, statistics on the Nintendo Switch specific to the amount of units that it has sold. And I believe uh, some people that I heard talking about it, they were talking about the milestones that it has, has reached in regard to what other systems and consoles have had the same kind of sales numbers. And so I believe this 103.54 million units makes them a, a larger seller now than the Nintendo Wii which if you think of the mass cultural appeal and, and how the Nintendo Wii just kind of was the zeitgeist in the gaming world with the Wii bowling and the Wii sports, Wii tennis, that, that sort of thing, it's amazing. And uh, someone, again, that I heard, heard talking about this was like, you know, people have one Xbox, people have one PlayStation, people have one gaming PC, but in a household, in a family, you will have multiple Nintendo Switches. And it's true. In my family, we each have one. My son saved up for a year and a half doing just, you know, menial chores and birthday cards and stuff like that. Uh, saved up his money and bought his own Nintendo Switch. And so it's not just like, you know, one and done with these things. There's multiple consoles per household. And so I think that's one of the reasons that it's doing so well. Of course, Nintendo IP is always going to do well because Nintendo has beloved franchises like Zelda and Mario and uh, Metroid. Metroid Dread doing very well as well. Nintendo, quote, feels the potential in NFTs and the metaverse, but doesn't know what to do with them. Nintendo says it has interest in this area, but the company's unsure how it can, quote, provide joy with any NFT-related plans. So I think that's pretty cool. Mario Kart 8's collective Switch and Wii U sales have exceeded 51 million units, which is a lot of Mario Kart 8 deluxes that have been sold. We've got more Mario Kart news later in the show in regards to that Nintendo Direct that I talked about earlier that happened, I think, shit, when did that happen? It happened last week some at some point. Gardens is a new studio founded by former Journey, Sky, and what remains of Edith Finch devs. Um, so I, I'm not super familiar with Journey, though I have seen a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the game clips, a lot of the trailers for Journey back when that one was being released. A beautiful looking game. It takes place in a desert. You're like kind of this floating avatar that, that roils through the desert. Sky, I'm not super familiar with. But What Remains of Edith Finch, I just started playing actually, which is a great game. It's a, uh, a first person game. And you play as a member of the Finch family who returns to the Finch home. 
and rifling through the things in this home, some event has happened that has caused a disbanding of the Finch family, um, and you kind of unravel the mystery of Edith Finch. And it's super cool because you get to then play through all of these very dynamic and very artistic retelling of each of the Finch family members' uh, stories. So I'm, I'm excited for that. That sounds, that sounds great. Elden Ring gameplay footage showcases mounted combat, massive enemy bear. Okay, so there's a lot of stories that have to do with Elden Ring, and it is being released. Well, shit, that's coming out in less than 10 days, eight days, uh, on the 25th of February as well. I don't have enough money for Elden Ring right now. I have to enjoy all the things on Game Pass, which isn't bad. There's a lot of things on Game Pass right now, but I really want to play Elden Ring. And I did buy Sekiro Shadows Die twice a month and a half ago, two months ago. So really, if I want my From Software fix, I can I can go to those guys and, and get it. And once I beat that game, maybe at that point, I will have scrounged up enough Skrilla, enough loose change between the couch cushions to then afford... Uh, <laughs> the Elden Ring game. Apex Legends, Mad Maggie's passives and abilities are detailed in new trailers. Now, this is old news because this is February 3rd that this story uh, is dated. But they did have a new season drop for Apex Legends. If you're not playing Apex Legends right now, it is going gangbusters. I saw another story that said there's like something like 398,000 concurrent players on Steam for Apex Legends, which is huge. Uh, but Apex Legends is so much fun. I have always, always enjoyed this game. The Mad Maggie character is super cool because she is going to act as an automatic counter to anyone that likes to hide behind cover. She has a drill that will shoot through cover, and especially those Gibraltar mains that have their little dome shield that they like to cower behind, those cowards. Everyone says how broken Gibby is. I can't play Gibby because he's too slow. My main is Pathfinder. I will always be a Pathfinder main. Don't you dare doubt me. Don't you dare cross me. But Pathfinder's good. I also enjoy, I started playing Valkyrie a little bit. I had to toggle off her jetpack to make sure, because like they had it, I'm getting too deep into Apex Legends right now. I'll stop talking about that. Okay. Uh, Apex Legends news on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S versions is coming very, very shortly. So I didn't realize I wasn't playing the next gen console version of Apex Legends, but I guess I, I wasn't. Uh, Sony has set aside $1.2 billion for Bungie employee retention incentives. So it sounds like Sony is really, really putting their money where their mouth is in regards to this Bungie purchase. Nintendo president doesn't believe large-scale acquisitions will benefit Nintendo. And, I mean... To a degree, I can see that. Nintendo did make an acquisition of some company last year, and I can't remember what company it was, but they said, you know, this company, we've worked with them in the past, we've made games with them, and it's a good fit for Nintendo. So Nintendo has already publicly publicly said in the past that they're not going to make acquisitions unless that developer's vibe really meshes with kind of, you know, the Nintendo philosophy, which is to bring joy. Does this bring joy? That's not them. That's some home cleaning gal who does like anti-hoarder stuff. Ghostwire Tokyo PC requirements are 20 gigabytes of space required for that game. 
Pokemon Legends Arceus crosses 6.5 million units sold in the first week of launch. Again, a retelling of that of that Pokemon genre, a, a genre defining game when it comes to Pokemon that has really reset the balance of gameplay, storytelling and mechanics in that game. Voice of Cards, the Forsaken Maiden, uh, is has been announced and it released today. <laughs> uh, if you remember, I was very, very excited about the Voice of Cards, the Isle, the Island, the Dragon Island Roars, I believe was the subtitle on that one, and it was an amazing game. The thing about that game. And I may have said it in this podcast before. I don't know what I talk about. I just come out. I just come on and, you know, between my my viruses and my puppies, I come and talk about whatever I'm thinking about at the at the time. So in that game, you played as cards and you would move through the world of cards and cards would flip over and be characters. So there was not a lot of animations. I mean, some some of the spells and stuff that your characters would cast would be animated in a very unique and, and interesting way. And so they might have to redo some of that. But it feels to me like, what is this, a Square Enix game? I think it's a Square Enix game. Oh, this is a photo. This is not a, a website or a link. I can't click on it. But it, it feels to me like a game that they could just keep churning out iterations of. Like it's very simple mechanically. It's very simple graphically. And it's, it's fun. And if you're interested in a good RPG, it's a good RPG as well. Call of Duty 2022 to be developed by Infinity Ward. Uh, so says Activision Blizzard. It Takes Two has sold 5 million copies. I thought that was important when I took that news on the 4th of February. Good Lord, we're only on the 4th of February. This is going to be a four and a half hour show. <laughs> That's probably not true. Like, if you're listening to it now, you know ultimately how long it is. So this is a an interesting, an interesting dynamic that we have between us, uh, me, the podcast uh, host, and you, the listener. At this point in time, you have information that I do not have. I have information that you do not have in that I know what I'm going to be talking about in this episode. You don't know. You know I'm going to be talking about video game news stuff, but beyond that, you really have no clue. And I don't know what you know, and you know the duration of this podcast, because you can see the podcast ending timestamp. You know how long it's going to be. You know what you're in for, and that's information that I don't have, uh, being from the past. Warcraft mobile game will launch this year. So says Activision. Activision says 2022 will see Blizzard Entertainment deliver, quote, all new mobile Warcraft content into players' hands for the first time. I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, World, uh, World of Warcraft, wow. Uh, obviously, huge cultural impacts. In incredible game. I mean, so I've been told. But I am a StarCraft player. And I think a lot of the RTS games like StarCraft, like the original Warcraft, Warcraft 2, those could be translated very nicely into a fun mobile game where you're selecting a large number of troops and you're moving them across a battlefield. And even, you know, as, you know, StarCraft 2 and Warcraft 2 introduced heroes, you know, you can move them very easily on a phone or on a tablet. Uh, 
I don't know where I was where I was going with that. I don't think that they're they're talking necessarily about a World of Warcraft game that's going to appear on the phone. I don't think they're going to do something like a a MMORPG on a phone. Maybe they are. I <laughs> if it's not if it's not just absolutely crystal clear at this point, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I I think I just like to talk. And so I thought, you know, along with Anthony, I thought we'll just start a podcast and I can just talk. And that that will be enough. But sometimes I just think, man, maybe it's not enough. <laughs> the next Grand Theft Auto is in active development, so confirms Rockstar. Uh, the developer's goal is to, quote, significantly move beyond what we've previously delivered. And it looks forward to, quote, sharing more as soon as we are ready. So we knew Grand Theft Auto 6 was coming. I mean, Rockstar, they go on this development cycle of do a Grand Theft Auto game. A couple years later, do a Red Dead game. A couple years later, do a Grand Theft Auto game. And we shouldn't expect that to stop anytime soon. And so Grand Theft Auto 6 was inevitable. Red Dead Redemption number 3 is inevitable. I mean, ideally, we'd get some new IPs. Uh, we'll probably end up getting mobile content in regards to Red Dead and Grand Theft based on that Zynga acquisition by Take-Two Interactive. Xbox Phil Spencer to be awarded Lifetime Achievement Award at the DICE Awards. Um, so that's coming next week. It's the 25th, uh, which is well-deserved. I mean, if you think of the state of the Xbox One during the announcement and the whole last generation with the lack of uh, console exclusives, Game Pass was just starting out as, as Phil Spencer took over as head of Xbox and now head of Microsoft Gaming, he turned that whole, he turned that whole division around. He turned that whole console around. If you think about all of the new exclusives that we are excited about, all of the developers that are under that Microsoft Gaming umbrella, now, all of that is due to the vision and the leadership of Phil Spencer at Microsoft. So, well-deserved, I think. Uh, Saudi Wealth Fund acquires a minority stake in Capcom and Nexon for over $1 billion. So, we've been talking about these big acquisitions, but we haven't talked so much on the podcast about uh, smaller stock purchases or... Uh, uh, shares of a of a company, and so what did they what did they get? It was, I don't know. It was uh, more than five percent in Japanese companies, Capcom and Nexon. And I'm not sure what Nexon does, but of course Capcom does uh, Resident Evil stuff. They do uh, the Street Fighter Street Fighter stuff. I'm really drawing a blank here on Capcom. Phil Spencer uh, quote wouldn't take no for an answer when creating Game Pass. Former Xbox executive reveals, which, like we said, is a good point because now Game Pass has become an industry standard for a gaming subscription services. Whether you whether you like that or not, because many would argue that a subscription service model for gaming, well, maybe is very appealing right now, especially to Microsoft and Xbox fans. In the future, if this consolidation continues and monopolies begin to emerge 
and there gets to be a standard of payment, then that standard of payment can be increased. And then there will be a stranglehold on the customers, a stranglehold on the developers, a crushing of any kind of competition in the way of indie developers or publishers and the like. But for right now, Game Pass is a hell of a deal. And it is the industry standard. And we'll have to see how Sony's Game Pass alternative kind of squares up or shapes up against the Xbox Game Pass because I still got a feeling that Sony is going to have Game Pass as an app on the PlayStation console. Final Fantasy 16 still on the top of Famitsu's most wanted charts, and that's like two, three weeks in a row um, that I haven't announced it. And then before that, you know, for the last four months, it's been on the top of the most wanted charts. Sony, uh, quote, vastly overpaid for Bungie says analyst Michael Pachter. Uh, and they said that the Sony purchase of Bungie was, quote, made out of desperation in response to Microsoft's string of purchases. Now, this could be Microsoft's purchases pre-Activision because the Bungie purchase was too close to the Activision uh, intended purchase or the announcement of the of the acquisition by Microsoft. And... and I say that in listening to other industry insiders talk about these kinds of deals do not just manifest out of thin air. They do not just happen because of a reaction from an event that just happened. Maybe this is a reaction from the Bethesda purchase, you know, two years ago, three years ago, however long it's been now. Good Lord. Yeah, two years ago. I think that was 2020. No, it was a tail end of 2019, I think. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they don't just happen out of thin air. They take months and months uh, of talks and negotiations. Um, so I don't know if this guy is, is correct. Now, whether Bungie is a studio like Activision. Now, Activision, though it had become a Call of Duty machine, getting all of the developers under the Activision umbrella to do nothing but make more Call of Duty games where they could have been expanding many of their other licenses under that. Bungie really doesn't have many, many different IPs under it. So obviously they didn't pay the, the what was it, 60, $68 billion that Microsoft is paying for Activision. It was like 3.5 for Bungie. Um, but they also are not getting the amount of content that Microsoft is getting with the Activision thing. Bully 2 reveal is still coming, so says an insider. Overwatch 2 might get a beta soon, so says a rumor. <clears throat> and and again, Overwatch 2, even though uh, Microsoft came out and said it was their intention to honor A, existing agreements with Sony PlayStation, with Nintendo, uh, for, for games like Call of Duty that are traditionally multi-platform, they also recently said that they were going to honor uh, having many more multi-platform games. Now, whether that is just a, a attempt by Microsoft to hold off the FTC and SEC investigations and uh, qualifiers before this deal goes through and say, no, 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 everything's going to be multi-platform still. We're not going to make a huge monopoly. You do not have to stop this acquisition from happening. But Overwatch is a Blizzard license. I, and I can't imagine 
Overwatch being a, a Xbox exclusive. I mean, I don't think it will be. I think big games like Overwatch and Call of Duty will will stay multi-platform, uh, especially based on the, the recent, recent comments by Microsoft and by Sony and Bungie. But I do think the smaller IPs, like your prototypes, I think your... Uh, Crash Bandicoots, I think your Spyro the Dragons are going to find exclusivity on Xbox. Batman Arkham Collection seems to be headed to the Nintendo Switch. That's a rumor, uh, which was a great series. If you have not played the, the Batman Arkham games, and, oh, man, that's another thing. The Rocksteady game uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, which is supposed to be coming out this year, has been delayed to next year. A lot of people are saying it's to make room for Gotham Knights, which I don't care about Gotham Knights, but I was so excited. I mean, I'm still excited about that Suicide Squad game. 1-2 Switch is getting a sequel this year, so says a rumor for the Nintendo Switch. Platinum Games is shifting to focus, or shifting focus to, quote, games that can be enjoyed for a longer period of time. Platinum Games CEO suggests that the Japanese studio, best known for Bayonetta and Nier Automata, might be shifting to live service models soon. And listen, Culture Jack listeners of any length of time, you know that I hate live service models just because you only have so much time in a day. You only have so much dollars in your wallet. And to have companies continue to milk you for all that you're worth, I, I mean, I play Apex Legends and Fortnite. You guys know this. And those games... They continually get my time. I do not have time to have a full library of games that are all live service games. That market is going to get so diluted. I think eventually, if it does, we'll be back to these you know strong, story-driven, uh, single-player, first-person, third-person uh, narratives that we've been getting so much from Sony, actually, over the last five, ten years. Um, but I don't want it to have to take that route. Stop making so many live service games. I know it's good for your bottom dollar. I know DLC and skin packs are so profitable. And I know that you, the game developer, are not beholden to me, a guy with a podcast who is an avid gamer and has been one since, you know, 1992. But it's not what I want. You're beholden to the, to the stockholders. I understand. I get it. Haven Studios' debut game will have, quote, a persistent and evolving online environment, which sounds an awful lot like a live service game. Stop it, you. Fortnite will not support Steam Deck. Oh, we've got some cool Fortnite news I'll talk about here shortly. Uh, Itch.io publicly slams NFTs, calls them a scam. Indie game marketplace itch.io has taken an uncompromising and fan-pleasing stance against NFTs in a recent statement. Now, this is such a neat dichotomy. It's such a, a interesting kind of uh, landscape that is developing here in regards to NFTs, in regards to the block, blockchain and, and cryptocurrencies, where you have a large number of fans, of consumers, who say, we do not want this. And you have a large number of corporations who have, have seemingly taken upon the stance that NFTs, the blockchain, cryptocurrency, and metaverses are all really, really good buzzwords 
to please their, their shareholders. I don't know if many of these companies that have made these announcements are doing such just to appease their shareholders, just to, as, a, as a buzzword, as, yeah, we're doing it too, don't worry, don't let our stock price slide, keep buying us, or if they have actual true intentions to develop these kinds of things in the game. I don't know. But it's cool to see that this kind of parsing of the fandom, parsing of the entertainment sector uh, in in this way. As you see, you know, Jimmy Fallon and Paris Hilton display their their ugly apes or whatever the, whatever the thing that they have. And then you've got itch.io over here saying, we're never going to do this thing. And Nintendo over here saying, we don't know how to do this. And Ubisoft over here saying... We're gonna we're gonna make you play 600 hours of a of a five year five year ten year old game in order to get a helmet NFT. It's so bizarre. All of this is so bizarre. It's so strange. Activision Blizzard made 5.1 billion dollars from microtransactions and DLC sales in 2021. And if you think that the the two main pillars of Activision Blizzard are the Call of Duty and the World of Warcraft, like that is incredibly profitable. And when you might balk at a number like $68 billion for a Microsoft acquisition of Activision, just remember that is going to pay for itself, not just in the licenses of this game, not just the the bolstered subscriptions to the Game Pass service, but also to all of the microtransactions, the loot boxes, the skin packs, just all of the little tiny microtransactions that are going to happen, $5.1 billion in 2021, which is up from $4.85 billion in 2020. And so if you extrapolate that further into the future, it's only going to be more lucrative and more profitable to make these kinds of microtransactions in the future. Red Dead Redemption 2 nears 43 million units sold. Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition, surpasses 10 million units sold. And GTA 5, you want to take a stab at how many how many copies of GTA 5 have been sold in its lifetime? Are you ready? It's 160 million copies of GTA 5. And think about GTA 5. It is a multi-generational game. It is a game that came out on the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3. And here we are with the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series. And a new version of the game is going to be released on those consoles. Ugh, it makes you sick. But it also makes you proud. Like a proud papa. I remember playing Grand Theft Auto 2. It was a top-down top-down game before the, the revolution that was Grand Theft Auto 3 came out. And it's just so funny to see that evolution, to see the transition from a top-down, goofy shooting game to something that has become such an amazing powerhouse within the industry. 160 million copies sold. Good Lord. Xbox might not be able to acquire Japanese studios, or so claims an analyst, Dr. Serkan Toto of Kantan Games. He talks about how Xbox making moves in Japan will be pretty difficult for reasons both cultural and otherwise. So I'm not going to go into the article here, but he did talk about how Sony might have an easier time or a company like Sony or a company like Nintendo making acquisitions uh, of Japanese companies. Platinum Games wants to discuss 
Scalebound revival with Microsoft. Now, if you remember, Scalebound was kind of a flagship exclusive title to a Microsoft Xbox that had no exclusive titles, to a Microsoft Xbox that was really floundering on that front, to be honest with you. And then the game was eventually canceled, much to the, the disappointment of many fans across the world. And so it'd be nice to see Scalebound kind of, I don't know, make a revival, make kind of a, a comeback. And because the game looked interesting, you know, you got these dragon riders that have these scale armors and they're fighting. I, actually, I don't really know what it was about. I saw the one cinematic the, the one time. Oh, here's, a, here's that article. Call of Duty and, quote, other popular Activision Blizzard titles will continue to launch for PlayStation and Switch beyond existing agreements. So Microsoft, Microsoft says it intends to keep releasing Call of Duty and other Activision Blizzard games as multi-platform titles even beyond existing agreements. Uh, let's see. They made a quote here. It was on, it was on the uh, Microsoft website. It was a blog update. And they said, <clears throat> to be clear, Microsoft will continue to make Call of Duty and other popular Activision uh, Blizzard titles available on PlayStation through the term of any existing agreement with Activision. Smith wrote, who is Smith? Brad Smith, vice, uh, the company's president and vice chairman, Brad Smith. Uh, and we have committed to Sony that we will also make them available on PlayStation beyond the existing agreement and into the future so that Sony fans can continue to enjoy the games they love. We are also interested in taking similar steps to support Nintendo's successful platform. We believe this is the right thing for the industry, for gamers and for our business. Now, mostly it's probably that they believe it is the right thing for their business. Um, because by making these games multi-platform one, they can put the games on game pass automatically. So, yeah, you can be a PlayStation owner and play Call of Duty. You can be a Nintendo owner and still play Spyro the Dragon. But you can be an Xbox owner and you can play those games at no additional cost to your already bursting at the seams Xbox Game Pass subscription. I mean, I think it's pretty clear what Microsoft and Xbox uh, are, are doing here. Assassin's Creed, a smaller stealth-focused standalone game, is reportedly launching sometime this year or next year. Beyond Good and Evil 2 is still in pre-production. So says a rumor. Come on, Ubisoft. Let's get Beyond Good and Evil 2. Stellaris leads Amazon Prime Gaming February 2022 lineup. Okay, <clears throat> so that's it for the first part of the news. That's it for the news that I was supposed to deliver to you last week. So pretend like you are a last week informed uh, <laughs> video game consumer or Culture Jack podcast consumer. Let me now take a break from this newscast uh, to talk to you a little bit about Culture Jack. So Culture Jack, like I said, I made some mistakes last week and those mistakes led to me not being able to get some episodes out to you. And Anthony and I have talked about it. We've talked about how long we've been going at this, at this pace. And so we are going to take a break. In March, starting the beginning of March, we will be airing only one Culture Jack podcast episode every week to take a little break, to take a load off, to develop some more episodes, some more content for you. 
which is what, what we want to do. And I think it is only evident in the fact that not only did I miss my episodes last week, but Anthony missed his as well. And so I, I think the burnout's real, man. And I really want to extend a, a, a huge hearty thank you to the people that have continued to listen to this podcast week to week. Um, we really appreciate you. We see you. We don't see you uh, as more than, than little blips. And we see all four of you that tune in within the first five minutes that an episode releases. We see all 10 of you that tune in, you know, the, the first two hours of an episode. And we see, we see the rest of you as, you as you pop in. But we see you guys every week. And it means so much to us. We are so appreciative of, of your, I don't want to say loyalty because that would make it sound like a cult. And you can call me Brother Dustin and you can call him Brother Anthony. And you do not speak unless you are spoken to and you must fetch us grapes. And then when the great unbecoming happens and we all drink the wine, the wine that I have laced with arsenic, and we all go to the great jacked beyond and receive our culture from the divine. (laughs) I'm losing it, guys. I'm losing it. Okay, so we had a Nintendo Direct uh, and it was on it was on February 9th is when it was. I remember now. I remember like it was yesterday, but it wasn't yesterday. It was like eight days ago. Everything's eight. What what else was eight? Um was it is that when Elden Ring comes out? Is that what eight was too? A lot of announcements at this Nintendo Direct. Anyway, uh Advance Wars one and two coming April eighth. No Man's Sky coming to the Switch this summer. And then the biggest announcement, the the one that really just, it got my hackles up, it got my saliva just boiling and roiling in my mouth, it got my, my arms uh, goosebumps all across, nipples hard, uh, bricked up in my pants like a boss. Like, this was the most exciting announcement that I have seen in a Nintendo Direct in a long time, and probably the most exciting announcement that we'll get until we get Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 release date, which is, they didn't say in this Direct, spoiler alert, they didn't say it, if you haven't checked out the Direct, do it, a lot of cool footage, Um, actually one of the more exciting Nintendo Directs that we've seen in a while, Uh, the announcement I'm talking about, oh yeah, Super Mario Strikers Battle League coming June 10th. This is a a Mario soccer game that came out on the Nintendo GameCube so many years ago, whenever the GameCube was really popular. Me and my brother played the shit out of this game. It was three-on-three soccer. You could pick a, a hero Mario character, and then you could pick two little sidekicks, usually like a Toad or... Um, little Goombas or little turtle guys. I forget what they're called, little turtle guys, I guess. And you'd have superpowers, and you could beat your opponents into the ground. And it was just so good. It was so fun. This looks like it's expanding on that. It is making it so it is an eight-player game. I think it said it was eight players um, that you could have all at once. It looks so good. I am so excited for this game. June 10th, everybody. That's when that comes out. Then they've got Splatoon 3, Salmon Run, The Next Wave. I didn't even know Splatoon 3 was out yet. Uh, Front Mission and Front Mission 2. Uh, they also announced Disney Speedstorm. It's another kart racer game. Chrono Cross coming April 7th. 
<laughs> and then they announced uh, Kirby. What was the name of that Kirby game? Kirby and the Forgotten Land. It's coming on March 25th, so next month. And not only can he absorb, you know, bad guys and gain their powers like Kirby has always been able to do, you know, for those deep Kirby lore enthusiasts out there, because I know you're out there and you've got on your tinfoil hats and you're like, actually, it was Kirby that killed JFK. I, I, I hear you. I, I see you. You are heard and seen and listened to. Uh, but he's always been able to absorb little bad guys. Now. He can absorb, uh, in the preview they showed, he could absorb an entire car. And then he absorbed a vending machine. And he absorbed a, a great deal of water. And then a man lift. And it struck me as more of an open world Kirby game than we've seen before. One that very much reminded me of Super Mario Odyssey, where Mario would, would whip and throw his little hat on his opponents, and then he would turn into them for the moment. And so in order to traverse this forgotten, forgotten land, is that what I said? Yeah. In order to traverse this forgotten land, now Kirby is essentially becoming the hat from Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, and it looks like a fun game. I have never really enjoyed a Kirby game because they always seem kind of childish to me. Not really my thing. Maybe too linear, maybe uh, too easy. <laughs> and I know maybe Kirby enthusiasts are like, how dare you? Kirby is the most challenging game I've ever played. Uh, but this one looks really good. Uh, and I'm loving this trend of seeing these old games kind of upended in their gameplay, whether it's Pokemon Arceus, whether it's Zelda Breath of the Wild, whether it is Kirby the Forgotten Land. Uh, other announcements from this Nintendo Switch Direct, we had MLB The Show uh, coming to Nintendo Switch on April 5th. Then there was the Kingdom Hearts Integrum Masterpiece for Cloud coming to the Nintendo Switch, which is all the Kingdom Hearts games that you could ever want. Uh, Bandai Namco Entertainment America presents Klonoa Fantasy Reverie Series. That's Klonoa 1 and 2 being remastered for the Switch. I never played them. Um, I guess they were kind of a mixture of 2D, 3D gaming and... I guess maybe a pretty pretty fan popular game. Uh, Portal 1 and 2. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's the Companion Pack or something. Portal, yeah, Companion Collection is coming this year for the Nintendo Switch. Highly lauded, highly um, uh, praised games. Then, for the first time, for Western audiences, a RPG game called Live Alive is coming to the States, and that's available on July 22nd. And then a big announcement, like I, I was talking about the uh, Nintendo Wii earlier, and part of the Nintendo Wii's appeal was the Wii Sports, and everybody was doing Wii Bowling, and you know, you, you can't go to a, a retirement home, a college dorm, or a recreation area somewhere where there's not a Nintendo Wii uh, sitting there for people to play with the Wii Bowling, the Wii Tennis. So they announced uh, Switch Sports, which includes tennis, Bowling, uh, Kambara, soccer, badminton, and volleyball. And they're going to add golf uh, this fall as well, which is like, all right, whatever, no big deal. Then they said uh, Taiko no Tatsujin, Tatsujin Rhythm Festival is coming to Switch, which is like a drum rhythm game. And it's also available on Xbox Game Pass if anyone's interested. That's coming this year to Switch. And then... 
Project Triangle Strategy, which is now just called Triangle Strategy. They some more some more from that game. When is that coming out? Oh, there's a playable demo right now that you can get on Nintendo Switch, and your data from that game will transfer over to the full game once it is released. I don't know when that game comes out though. Anyway, it looks really cool. I was a huge fan of Final Fantasy Tactics. It, to this day, remains my number one Final Fantasy game of all the Final Fantasies. And so Triangle Strategy kind of looks like a return return to force on that. Cuphead, the DLC pack with the third playable Cuphead, is coming uh, to Nintendo Switch. Metroid Dread is getting two new modes. Dread Mode, which I believe is a one-hit kill for you. And then Rookie Mode, that increases health items and decreases damage uh, that you get from uh, opponents. And I love those kind of accessibility options and challenge options in-game for people that, you know, want to be challenged. Oh, and there's going to be a second update, uh, Boss Rush, coming April uh, of this year. Earthbound is getting a re-release. Uh, they said it's available later that day during the Nintendo Direct. And then we got Rebellion Zombie Army 4 Dead War coming April 26th. And what is this? Getsu, Getsu Fuma Den Undying Moon, which looks like a 2D side-scroller. Uh, Sega game, oh, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, the uh, Hinokami Hino Chronicles, is that what it was? Yep, Hinokami Chronicles, uh, is coming on June 10th. Lego Games is available June 2022. Oh, Lego Brawls is what it is. Oh, it looks like maybe a Smash Brothers ripoff. That is um, Two Point Campus coming May 17th. Oh, and this news, incredible for Mario Kart 8 fans. Now, Mario Kart 8, like I said, huge success. What was it, 51 million copies sold or something like that? Uh, runaway success. But they are remastering so many of the courses from the Nintendo Wii, from the DS, from the GameCube. And they are releasing them in waves, akin to the way that they released a season pass for Smash Brothers when new characters would come out, you'd get them. So for 25 bucks, you can buy this, This essentially, it is a race course pass where you can then uh, get each of these uh, waves, which are packets of four courses that come out, uh, I don't know how often they come out, maybe every month? I don't know. Anyway, it's 48 new courses for your Mario Kart 8, which is, it's bananas. It's crazy. I'm getting that for sure. And then we had, oh, shoot, what was this game? Xenoblade Chronicles 3 uh, as well. Okay. And that was it for the, that was it for the Direct? Yeah, so big news from the Direct is, for me anyway, Triangle Strategy Mario Kart Strikers, Mario Kart Strikers, Mario Strikers, and Mario Kart 8, 8 Deluxe uh, Course Pass, Wave Pass, whatever it is, that's going to be amazing. That's so good. Okay, I do have a second bit of news, but before I get into the second bit of news, I guess I should, I should do another another call out since this is a long episode. Since I'm I'm staying up late with you, and by the way. 
I know I had all kinds of excuses last week why I did not put out any episodes, which is ridiculous. You don't want excuses from me. You just want results. You're like the manager at the company and you're like, I don't want to hear your nothing. I just want, I just want results. Get out of here. Adobe flash player trying to open up when I'm trying to talk about my talk about my stuff. Now it's going to try and open a web page. Don't, don't you do it. Well, at least it didn't stop the recording. God, that would be terrible. I'm 56 minutes in right now and it goes and stops my recording to, to download a new flash player. What was I saying? Oh, yes. Here we are. We're, I'd say, a, a good third of the way through the episode. And so probably not going to be that four hours that I predicted earlier. But I still have that information that you don't have. So don't lord over me the fact that you know how long this episode's going to be. And I don't. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of you acting all superior just because you know the length of a digital radio broadcast. It's not cool, man. It's not cool. Okay. We're a third of the way through. Two-thirds of the way through. Because the first third was news. We did a little break. We talked about... What did we talk about? Different shows that we have? Talked about maybe you... Oh, that's what I was going to say. Why don't you subscribe to my goddamn podcast? Here I am. I had all these excuses why I didn't put out episodes before. I've got excuses why I shouldn't be putting this episode out. I really thought to myself, I thought, Dustin, you are tired. You slept in an airport last night. You got, shit, maybe four hours of broken sleep in that airport after a four-hour drive on the road. Like, you're dog tired. You should just go to bed. You should go get yourself some grub and go cash it in for the night. But then I thought, no, I did not provide these people with an exquisite Culture Jack podcast episode last week. And so I am going to do my damnedest to pry my eyes open a la Brazil. Was it Brazil they pried the guy's eyes open? Is that a clockwork orange? And I'm going to record this podcast episode. And so here I am. I'm recording it for you. So the least you could do is subscribe to this podcast episode. And if you say, man, I don't get on podcasts too much. You can still support the show without spending a dime. You go to Facebook, you go to Instagram, you go to uh, TikTok. Both Anthony and I have TikToks. Go over there. Follow those social media things. Go to Twitter. We don't post a lot over there, but you can go over there and follow that as well. Subscribe to those things. Look, you don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but even if you're just listening to this one and you think it's okay, go leave a review. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on Audible, on Amazon, wherever you're listening to your podcast. Leave us a review. You could do that too. doesn't cost you anything. And if you truly care about me like you say that you do, if you truly care about Anthony like you say that you do, you'll do that much for us. You can send us an email too. I, but you know what? I'm not even going to tell you the email. I'll tell you the email at the end. It's also in the description. So if you want to just... Go to any of our links. Check out our links in the de description as well. Is that all I was going to say at this interlude, this break? Which is just me prolonging the episode. I could, you know, finish the news, talk about the last few things that I have here, and then actually go get some grub and go cash it in for the night because I am very tired. But I will remind you, I did not get coronavirus. I'm still, I'm still free and clear. I'm the sole survivor. This apocalypse is going to happen. Everyone that's had the, the virus is going to turn into zombies. 
I'm going to have to say goodbye to my kids, get a hatchet for my brother. It's going to be a hard time for me. <laughs> Why do people romanticize the zombie apocalypse so much? That's my question. That's the question I want to pose and I want to leave with you today. If you don't make it to the end of this episode, but why wouldn't you? If you've tolerated my rambling incoherence, my inability to read off simple headlines to this point, why would you not finish this episode? I mean, it's just going to be more of that anyway. So it's not like it's some huge chore. You've already done that for an hour now. Just finish it. Finish what you start for once in your life. Just <laughs> follow through with your commitments, your commitments to me. Anyway, zombie apocalypse. I recorded a few weeks ago a podcast episode for the Friday show. The episode I'm going to air tomorrow with a good friend of mine, Dan, who is a survivalist, a uh, preparation expert, if you will. He's got uh, a lot of a lot of expertise and a lot of history in that that particular thing. And not to mention. He is a fan of zombie cinema. He's a fan of zombie movies, of television. And so I got together with him and we kind of talked about how a lot of people, you know, maybe they're really good at Call of Duty on the Xbox or the PlayStation, think that they would do amazing in a zombie apocalypse, think that they would do really, really well and survive really, really well. But he and I think... People are thinking it's going to be a lot nicer, a lot more fun than it actually is. It's going to be miserable if there were ever a zombie apocalypse. So tune in tomorrow to the Friday show, my other show, uh, where I talk with him about that. I think you'll find it fun and engaging and, and maybe it will inspire some conversations that need to be had in your household about who is going to try and survive and who is going to take a cyanide pill instead. Okay, back to the news. Well, I, you know, before we get back to the news, I, I think I should do another swoosh. I think I should give you a second swoosh because we are going into news round two. This is this week, more current news. Here we go uh, with the swoosh. All right, part three of the Culture Jack News Desk, Thursday, February 17th. And this episode's coming out late too. Like this is not an early episode um, because I just got a chance to record it. And so here I am and maybe it comes out at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock Alaskan standard time. Maybe it doesn't, maybe it's 1159, but my God, I will get it out on Thursday. So Atomic Heart is releasing between September and December. Uh, they put out a trailer. If you haven't been following Atomic Heart, it's a small developer out of Germany, I believe, that is making the game. But what they did is they put this trailer together, and it's like this cyberpunk world where, you know, there's weapon wielding and magic wielding, and it looks kind of like Bioshock, dystopia kind of kind of stuff. There's like a AI kind of, you know, faces open up, but then mannequins are really coming alive sort of vibe. It's super cool looking. But they put out a trailer, and at the end of the trailer... They said, you know, they, they started with a two and they drew the two and the line followed the two. And then they did a, a zero and then another two. And you're thinking, OK, so they're telling us the release date and they go to start drawing the last number. And it's a three. But before they go down for the second swoop for the three, they take a mad dash and it's another two. So it's coming out in 2022. And then there's little asterisks underneath that are like flitting around numbers and letters. And they flit around. And the first several 
uh, letters are just asterisks. And the last three letters are B-E-R. So that means it's coming out this year. Awesome. And it's coming out in either September or October or November or December. So it's a, a very cheeky way to make an announcement but not really commit yourself to a date, which I thought was really cool. And maybe that will eliminate some of the crunch time that these studios have. And we might get it early. We could get it as early as September, which would be awesome. Apex Legends hits, oh, there it is, the three, 392,998 peak concurrent players on Steam. Oh, such a good season right now. Crossfire X is now available for Xbox One and Xbox Series X and S. And usually I come on here and being a Microsoft Microsoft guy, a Xbox fanboy, if you will, I'd usually be like, whoa, yeah, we got this exclusive. It's so good. I downloaded this shit. It is hot garbage. Um, honestly, I see what they're doing. They're looking to be a competitor to competitive games like CSGO, like Valorant, but it's just so slow and it's so clunky. And I get back into Apex and I can climb walls and I can fly through the air and there's a ring that's closing in on me and I can switch weapons and I can put bullets down range and throw grenades and stuff. And this is just boom, 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 walking around the street, shooting at guys that have done nothing wrong to me. I don't even know why we're shooting. Why are we, why aren't we just chilling? There's a nice little cafe around the corner that I saw. Anyway, that's out. New Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge is going to launch for the PlayStation 4 as well, and it's going to add a sixth playable character. So you've got all the Ninja Turtles saying with me. You've got Leonardo, you've got Donatello, you've got Raphael, and you've got Michelangelo. You have the object of their desire, their passion, their uh, permanently friend-zoned April O'Neil, and then finally you have a playable character uh, recently announced as uh, the Master Rat Splinter. Uh, so you can play any one of those six characters. It's been a minute since I played a really good Ninja Turtles game. Dead Island 2 might finally release this year, so says an insider. Grounded has crossed 10 million players. That's the Obsidian game where it's essentially Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. You are in a garden area and you are contending with wasps and ants and little grubs and then spiders, which are terrifying, which is awesome because they have a mode, arachnophobia mode in this game. You turn it on and the spiders, instead of being these gigantic, monstrous, creepy things, become adorable and they have nice little googly eyes and stuff. It's a really neat, neat feature. Road 96 is coming to Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4 on April 14th. It's supposed to offer a thousand different routes. It came out last year on PC and Nintendo Switch, um, but it looks really cool. Call of Duty Warzone Season 2 will bring several fixes to make the game, quote, more accessible and less frustrating. I don't know how a Call of Duty Warzone game could be less frustrating because, after all, it's not Apex Legends or Fortnite. <laughs> Call of Duty Modern Warfare and Warzone sequels will launch this year, so confirms Activision. And I can't remember who in the industry was saying it, but someone was talking about this being the most uh, most fresh, the most recently after a new Call of Duty has been put out, 
and that being Call of Duty Vanguard, that they have announced the next game in the series. And that's one of the things I'm looking forward to most with this Microsoft Activision acquisition, which is still a really difficult thing to say. I'm looking forward to the fact that Call of Duty is not going to be, I mean, potentially an annual release game anymore that they will spend their resources on other games and the Call of Duties that we get, we will appreciate just that much more because they will not be, you know, a Madden game or an NBA 2K game that comes out uh, every year. Oh, this is an interesting story. I Gosh, I should cover it some other time. I'll just tell you, there was a hacker who was sentenced to over three years in prison in Nintendo piracy case. Uh, the guy's name is Gary W. Bowser, if you'll believe it. He's been sentenced to 40 months in prison. Let's see. <clears throat> uh, what did he do? He It was a group of hackers uh, called Team Executor that started selling software to facilitate uh, some piracy for Nintendo. After months of a legal battle between the hacker group and Nintendo, it seems the console giant has come out victorious. Uh, so this guy, let's see, he's getting 40 months in prison, and the lawyers for Nintendo said, Nintendo appreciates the hard work and tireless efforts of federal prosecutors and law enforcement agencies to curb illegal activities on a global scale that cause serious harm to Nintendo and the video game industry. Okay, so those, th those two things, I think, can be mutually exclusive. Yes, it could harm Nintendo. It could harm Nintendo's bottom line. But I think the more accessible games are, and that is to include, I know it's it's not a good thing, but it's to include piracy and emulation. The more widespread, the more hands that are on these games, that are on these little pieces of art, the more that art will sustain itself through history and through time. And the more people will get to appreciate it. And that's my stance. Piracy be damned. Or Nintendo be damned, I guess. I guess this makes me a pirate. Have you seen that new uh, Taika Waititi movie about pirates? There's a trailer out, and he's like, I don't know, maybe Anthony will talk about it. Anthony talks about all kinds of movie stuff on Sunday on a show called The Weekend Wire, uh, but maybe he'll talk about it there. It looks hilarious. I love Taika Waititi. He's super cool. Uh, all future Call of Duty games will be built on the same engine. Uh, as well. GoldenEye 007 Remaster might be announced in the next couple of weeks, so says a rumor. You guys remember playing uh, GoldenEye on the N64? I remember that I was the first one to learn how to strafe with the second stick. I was untouchable. I was, I was impossible to beat. Or was that the C-stick? Do you remember the C-stick? Good lord, that was a weird controller, the three-pronged controller. I would I would be excited to play a GoldenEye 007 remaster with a modern day controller because they're just so much easier to use. They fit better in your hand. I mean, that thing, the, the N64 controller, let's be honest, it had udders, man. Like this was a this was a cow of a controller, an unwieldy nightmare born of the vision of <laughs> I don't know sadists i guess platinum games is open to being acquired quote as long as our freedom is still respected uh so, so it's funny because they're not the only one there's someone else i think it's ubisoft as well uh, that was like 
hey, why isn't someone approach us to uh, uh, acquire us? And so now you have these these studios, these developers out here asking to be acquired by giants like Sony and Microsoft and Tencent and the like. Focus Entertainment acquires Metal Slug Tactics developer. I have not played Metal Slug Tactics. I don't even know if it's out yet, uh, but that game looks super cool. I love me a tactics game, but maybe I don't need to play Metal Slug Tactics anymore because Triangle Strategy is going to be out here soon. How much did they pay? How much did they pay for them? Hmm, it doesn't say. It doesn't say. Saifu Update 1.06 improves performance, fixes certain boss fights. So that's cool. There's a rumor that the Perfect Dark game could be a live service game. Are you, are you joking me right now? Stop with the live service games. We don't need more. Uh, Madden NFL 2022 is coming to Game Pass. So if you're a Game Pass subscriber, there's another game you don't have to buy every year. Or so it seems. Oh, this is big news. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 4K 60 FPS gameplay on Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 has been revealed. And, and it's not necessarily the, uh, the, the frame rate, the, this graphical fidelity that I'm reporting on. But finally, we have the next generation update to Cyberpunk 2077, which is something that we've been waiting for for a long time. Like I told you, I told Anthony, and Anthony kind of echoes the same sentiment, that I wasn't going to jump back into Cyberpunk 2077 because I still haven't finished the game. I wasn't going to jump back into this game until they released the next-gen update. And now it's live. So that's that's great. And it came with a bunch of bug uh, fixes and patches too, so it should be running pretty smoothly. Allegedly, there's still some problems over on the Xbox One and on the PlayStation 4, but I just want to... I just want to try this uh, next-gen next gen version of it. Uh, Gran Turismo 7 will come on two discs on PlayStation 4 and one disc on PlayStation 5. Which is funny. This made me all kinds of nostalgic reading this headline that I used to play games like on the original PlayStation and even up, up to as far as the Xbox 360. I remember Final Fantasy 7. It was a it was a four disc game. Good lord, it was four discs, and uh, Rage on Xbox 360 was three discs long. I mean, I don't get that a lot anymore anyway because I do digital downloads of all my games. I'm a digital guy right now. I can delete games and reinstall them because they're all stored in the cloud safely away. And maybe again, that's me being naive and a little bit too dependent upon cloud storage and the benevolence of my Microsoft overlords in trusting that this ecosystem will stay for as long as I want to play video games before they charge me a subscription service to my own video game collection. Ooh, won't that be a fun future? Mad Max 2, possibly in development at Avalanche Studios. That's a rumor. That was a sequel, or potentially will be a sequel, to the 2015 game. Sony might face a class action lawsuit on the grounds of Horizon Forbidden West's pricing policies. So it's kind of an interesting uh, concept, this lawsuit, because on PlayStation 4, you'll be able to buy uh, Horizon Forbidden West for $60. And then on PlayStation 5, you'll be able to, to buy Horizon Forbidden West for $70. 
But then as a PlayStation 4 owner, if you do get a PlayStation 5, you will have an upgrade path from the PlayStation 4 version to the PlayStation 5 version at no additional cost. So essentially, PlayStation 5 owners are like, hey, man, what the fuck? We are getting boned here because we're paying an extra $10 for a game that uh, is available to PlayStation 4 owners for 10, 10 less dollars. Uh, it's not right. I can't remember who's suing them, actually. It's do 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 do. It's a class action lawsuit by the Federal Trade Commission, which oversees such behavior. Oh man, they're they're so busy with the gaming industry right now. Um, anyway, I, I I think you know they've got a very valid point though. The point shouldn't be why is a, a sixty dollar game equal to a seventy dollar game. The point. It should be, why are they charging $70 for a game anyway that they're just going to charge out the ass for all kinds of DLC anyway? That should be the real question. But nobody ever consults me. I didn't get a, a, a call from the FTC before they, they filed this class action lawsuit. So I think it's bullshit. Uh, Fortnite's latest update on the Nintendo Switch adds motion aiming and flick stick controls. Quote, flick stick controls which will allow you do you remember in Zelda Breath of the Wild where you could you, you could aim your bow and arrow the traditional way with the right stick being the aim and you you hold on it but you could also manipulate the Nintendo Switch and as you manipulate it in the air you could make these micro adjustments to your aim these really fine point aiming adjustments and so that's what they're doing with Fortnite they're also including this other feature with the flick stick that allows your character, once you flick the right analog stick, to move very quickly. Uh, I, I believe it was 90 degrees, if not a full 180 degrees, um, to mimic the controls of a mouse and keyboard player. Because the disparity, obviously, between a controller player and a mouse and keyboard player is huge. And then there's all kinds of arguments, you know, for and against auto-aim and the like. But... Uh, this uh, this technology is coming to Nintendo Switch, and it's also coming to uh, PlayStation as well. Unfortunately, me being the the Xbox owner that I am, I um, I don't have that opportunity because the Xbox controller does not have that kind of technology built into it. Fortnite's got another another season. No, next month. Next month, they've got another season coming out. Rebel Wolves is a new studio by former Witcher and Cyberpunk developers, and it's working on a AAA dark fantasy RPG that's being built on the Unreal 5 engine. And so we get all of these stories about acquisitions and impending monopolies and consolidation within the industry, and we think, oh no, the industry's only going to be these three or four major players. But just in this news desk episode today, I've talked about several new studios that are coming out and debuting games. And here's another one, Rebel Wolves. So we'll see what that's all about. Halo Infinite's Forge mode will let players change map, biomes, weather, and more for the leak. I'm still waiting on the uh, co-op campaign mode so I can play with Anthony through the campaign. Because I think we need to do that for the Culture Jack podcast. Halo live action series has already been renewed for a second season. I'm sure Anthony will talk about it on Sunday, but so is Peacemaker. Oh, it's Thursday today and I haven't watched the Peacemaker finale. 
Is it the finale this week? I think it is. So not only did I have an excuse not to do this episode today, but I also had an excuse not to do this episode and enjoy the Peacemaker finale. I still have to go edit this ep- episode and upload it and then get get tomorrow's ready. So I might, might not get to enjoy the Peacemaker finale because I'm doing this for you. Gosh, I am kind. <laughs> I am Xerxes from the, the 300 movie. A third Sonic the Hedgehog movie and a live action Knuckles series are in production. Nintendo is going to discontinue eShop purchases on 3DS and Wii U by March 2023. The Last of Us HBO series will not air in 2022, which is a shame. I was looking forward to seeing it. No Man's Sky, quote, isn't done yet by a long shot, says Hello Games. So Hello Games boss Sean Murray says the No Man's Sky team is, quote, always coming up with new things that they want to do with the game, which is cool because when that game first came out, the backlash that they had uh, I mean, you were supposed to be able to, you know, the, the universe, yes, is vast, but everyone's playing in the same universe. So theoretically, you could meet up with your friends. And then there was a report that these two guys, they wanted to get together. And so they found a planet and they went to that planet. But lo and behold, they weren't on the same planet. But now there's true multiplayer and the ecosystem is expanding. And I've seen many, many TikTok videos about people going, if you have not tried No Man's Sky or been on No Man's Sky in a while, now is a good time to jump in because they have so much content, so much free DLC, so much. Uh, they've got a free currency system that is, is is super cool. I haven't played much No Man's Sky, um, but I do have it downloaded. So maybe I'll give it a shot. Skull and Bones, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, and Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope will launch by April 2023. So says Ubisoft. Uh <laughs> Here's Ubisoft uh, saying that they would be open to reviewing acquisition offers as well. So we got Platinum Games, we got Ubisoft uh, looking looking to be acquired. EA told the staff that Battlefield 2042's poor reception was partly due to Halo Infinite's surprise release, or so says a rumor. Come on, Halo Infinite is an exclusive to Xbox. Battlefield 2042 is a multi-plat game. So what what came out on the PlayStation that made Battlefield 2442 uh, so, so badly received, I guess? Nothing. It's a poor excuse. It's a bad game. Your game's bad, and you should feel bad about it. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you, before I lose my whole-ass voice, uh, what has just been coming out here lately. So let me... Take a look. Uh, A couple days ago on February 15th, Dynasty Warriors 9 came out for all the consoles. Uh, Voice of the Cards, The Forsaken Maiden, we talked about that earlier in this episode, came out on February 17th. Oh, shoot, that's today. Happy Voice of Cards Day, everybody. Um, And all of these release games, I go to metacritic.com. That's where I find my upcoming game releases. Then we got Total War Warhammer 3 also coming out today on PC. That's got a Metacritic review score of 88. Uh, King of Fighters 15 coming out today as well on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series, and PC. Assassin's Creed, the EZO collection, comes out on the Nintendo Switch today as well. And then tomorrow, PlayStation fans are so excited. 
because it's Horizon Forbidden West. Big game, big title. Of course, most likely going to be a game of the year contender. Not for the Culture Jack podcast, at least the Friday show uh, part of the podcast, because I don't have a PlayStation. Then we've got coming out on the week of the 21st through the 27th, we've got Destiny 2, the Witch Queen DLC, coming out for everything except the Switch. We've got Monarch. It's an RPG coming out on PlayStation 4 and 5, Nintendo Switch, and PC uh, on the 22nd. Soul Cresta, <laughs> the, the description is a shoot 'em up, coming out on the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, the PC as well. Martha is Dead, a lot of people looking forward to that horror game, coming out on all the PlayStations, all the Xboxes, and the PC as well. Then we've got, oh, what is this? Atelier Sophie 2, The Alchemist of the Mysterious Dream, an RPG coming out on February 25th for PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and PC. And then on the 25th, the big one, the one I don't have enough money for because I've already got Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, Elden Ring, the open world RPG from From Software that is supposed to be incredibly difficult yet inspiringly beautiful. Uh, the action RPG coming out on PlayStations, Xboxes, and PCs. And then Grid Legends also on the uh, the 25th of February, also on the Xboxes, the PlayStations, and the PCs. And I think, good Lord, I think that's, I think that's it. That's a news show, right? Like, normally you get, a, hey, it's a news show, but that's a news show. That's like you come into a room and you're like, I have news, and you grab you. you <laughs> <laughs> you grab your beer, you eat your steak, and you give give your news through a mouthful of steak and beer. And that's <laughs> that is the uh, the exhaustion of a man who slept in an air- airport and then did an hour and a half episode of a, of a podcast. And consider this hour and a half, not just an hour and a half that I I do for no reason. Consider this an hour and a half long apology to you for missing last week's episode. And if you want more of me, tune in tomorrow because like I said, I've got that interview with Dan where we talk about the zombie apocalypse and zombie apocalypse movies. I'm calling it Romancing the Zombie Apocalypse or Romancing the Apocalypse, the zombie edition. And we may do more. We may talk about, shoot, we may talk about pandemics. We may talk about, you know, intergalactic uh, invasions by aliens. We may talk about other kinds of apocalypses and uh, the way people kind of romanticize them, maybe a little bit too much. We've got all kinds of shows. Like I said, uh, tomorrow's the Friday show. Then we've got OTE or on today's episode on Saturday where we review and discuss a show that we're watching or a movie that we've watched. On Sunday, we've got Anthony. He's coming at us with the hot Hollywood movie news and views. And then on Monday, Monday Madness, where he gets to talk about whatever the fuck he wants. He can talk about zombies if he wants. He can talk about the coronavirus and and raising a puppy. Maybe he knows how to raise a puppy better than I do, but I God dang, that thing keeps me busy. It's like every 10 minutes, I'm like, where are you? What are you chewing on? What are you peeing on? Damn it, you just peed. You got away with it again. Follow us on those social medias, at Culture Jacked on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, over there on TikTok. We've got some stuff. I've got a community on Beams, the app. If you go there, 
I don't have a community, but I participate in, in conversation over there. You can send us an email. Ah, finally, finally, I'll give you that email you've been waiting for. It's at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. If you're old fashioned like that, if you'd like to uh, leave something mean in a review or an email or a comment, why don't you write that on a note grab a pen and some paper and write that on a note and place it into a bottle and go to your nearest body of water and throw the body, the, the, the bottle into that body of water with your hateful, nasty comment. And I will get it. I guarantee it. I've gotten so many hateful, nasty comments that way. And that's how I, I prefer to receive them. Also one star reviews go in that bottle. Also, also crossfire X for the Xbox goes in that bottle as well. Anyway, that's all I've got for the show today. Uh, I hope uh, I hope to see you tomorrow. The show's been so long, I don't know how to end the show. Um, that's it for the news, and we'll see you next week.